Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Hey, hey, good morning, everyone. Uh, I did not notice, but V uh, dropped out there. Uh, there, he's back now. I was going to say he must have accidentally killed. Okay, V, go I through your I don't know what intro. I did. <laughs> <laughs> you can't trust me to run a broadcast by myself. And when I'm on it with you guys, I'm always create something up for myself. Well, I was waiting for good your God. intro, and then I looked up and was like, oh, He's not there. Yeah, he's, he's not gone. there. He's gone, Bubba. Folks, it's us, the trio, the trifecta, the troika. We are back, folks. It's one and only Velas. He is with us today, and he's going to be breaking down the way he knows how better than anybody I know. The one and only Velas. You can catch him over at the Discord and also on roguenews.com. And with that being said, Velas, CJ, what's up, gentlemen? How are you guys? Good morning to you both. Good morning to everybody on the show. I see some new folks in the chat window. Welcome, Welcome to everybody. Absolutely, man. I don't know where yeah, you want to start. Friday. I think it's the first Friday of 2022, <laughs> right? Oh, so it is. It is. First, the first Friday. So I, I guess that, um, boy, I tell you what, it's been a week, but I'm I'm, I'm ready for the week and whatever it brings. I'm yeah, and I've got, I got a mountain of stuff. And I, honest to God, folks, it's again, I've been, I've been in there cutting and pasting, cutting and pasting uh, stuff out of today's show. Um, I had a whole section on, um, uh, hidden meanings in movies and things, and I'm going to have to do that on another show. Either that, or I'm opposed to to, uh, to Discord. Um, so I apologize if I go through today's content a little a little quick. Uh, another thing uh, to all of you folks out there who have been gently poking me on the following subject: I now have a uh, brand called Blue uh, Microphone uh, sitting here on my desk. So I, I I look just like CJ now. I've got a great big <laughs> microphone on my desk. I hope this comes across better. Um, Happy Christmas to all of you in the Orthodox Christian community. Today is uh, today is our Christmas because uh, we're a bunch of ancient people and we follow the lunar calendar. Um, I just caught this this morning. Uh, evidently, Tim Pool got swatted. Yeah, and it wasn't the cat. No, <laughs> it wasn't a hostage situation with a cat. No. <laughs> well, and I, I caught a little bit of his discussion about it, and and again, I I, I have no ill will towards towards Tim. Um, it just struck me funny that that the original call to law enforcement was is you know, like there were already two people dead and there's a gunman barricaded and they just sent like two officers over on. Isn't a, that weird? That is. 
I mean, um, think about it. If that's the call, you're having the SWAT team show up. It's it's going to be a ten man crew. Yeah, yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know if that's protocol or not. No, like, it's not. This, they, e- they either that spend, or somewhere in the computer two, system is. Go ahead. Probably say, I, you know, I like Tim. Um, I'm not saying that that it was staged. I'm not saying that that the the on air fight that he had with the. Uh, over the BLM um, the whole thing on on air with stage. I'm not saying anything like that, but it's it, it, it's questionable, and it'd be very interesting for someone with you know law enforcement background. I imagine there would probably be you know two responding vehicles that would respond to a call like that first, you know you know approach. So you know whenever or maybe he's just kind of over exaggerating what took place. You know he said no. SWAT arrived. When I picture SWAT, I picture the big black. You know, right. SUV with the trailer the and you know, 15 guys jumping out with, you know, full armor, body armor and everything. So who knows? Who knows? Well, he had Brandon Tatum on there and he's a former police officer. In the, and, he, and he even said on that broadcast, Brandon Tatum's like, wait, this don't make sense. You, you, you're being swatted. And the police officer did say, oh, we're, we're being swatted. You know, you're being swatted. And we're just, you know, check out the rooms and go clear the rooms. And Brandon Tatum's like, well, if you got a SWAT call, they wouldn't be, um, sending in a two-man unit and if they sent a two-man unit they wouldn't be going around clearing rooms that don't make sense you know what i'm saying so it's like I, I, you honestly were they looking for dirt on the guy do they is somebody within the uh um the the jurisdiction of west virginia some politician somewhere maybe a democrat operative don't like what he's doing and they're probably trying to plant something on him or, or look. That's a possibility, guys, because that don't make no sense. Because how else are you going to go ahead and, and, and uh, you know, get into his home without a warrant? You know, you have an extant, right. you have an, a, a, an extingent threat that warrants a cop to come in without a warrant. And then finally, the, the cops were told to leave and go get a warrant. And even the thing is, that if they notice that, you know, he's live doing a broadcast and they realize this is a prank call, they should just stop what they're doing and leave because whatever evidence they collected is nullified because it's not a legitimate call. So this that was the weird thing about it. My gut instinct immediately was that they're trying to set up Tim Pool. Seriously. Because they're going after everybody that's in, 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 uh, in media. Go ahead, fellas. Well, and, and the other thing, too, is, is, is and I don't mean this because I don't need the, the state and local government to have any more detail available on all of us than they already have. But, <laughs> I, you know, part of me, part of me almost wishes that, you know, I've, I've occasionally been pulled over for a speeding ticket. And, and in my home state, I've got, um, what do you call it? Uh, they've got a little a little marker on the screen that pops up that lets law enforcement know, hey, this person's a concealed carry holder. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was at the officer standing a healthy distance away from my car and I do the whole thing with the lights on and my hands on the lap. But it, it's their way of knowing, hey, you know, I'm just asking, you know, do you, are you carrying? Do you have it? They almost need to have a listing in the law enforcement system that says this person's a gamer or this person's, you know, got a, a show or they broadcast or whatever. Is that right there is going to indicate if you get some sort of crazed call that a bunch of people in a suburb just got taken out, it's like, Oh, but wait a minute, this guy's a gamer. <laughs> you know, or this gal's a gamer. Um, speaking of Discord, by the way, folks, uh, uh, out there quite a bit, uh, blowing up that that uh, page, and uh, there's a lot of others out there posting good content on Discord. So if you're if you're not on, please please do uh, join. 
if you go to the Rogue News website, uh, there's a little marker there, in the, I think, in the right-hand corner where you can submit a request to be added. Um, Monday the 3rd, uh, I posted a Covert Action Magazine article about the extensive history of Bill Clinton's recruitment by the CIA. Um, some of you uh, may recall that I brought that topic up a couple of times. Um, that article quoted far more than just the book uh, Compromised, which I mentioned frequently, uh, and pretty much blew the doors off of how far down the rabbit hole that goes. Um, same day, I also posted an article about um, Joe Rogan essentially has become the uh, equivalent of a viral idea, psychological operation, in my opinion, mm -hmm. uh, because it shows how much the overall media is just cascading into the ground. And, and as some of you may be aware, uh, we got another platform out there, uh, Getter or Better or whatever the heck that thing is called. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of folks, you know, qu quickly. I find it funny. Uh, Rogan announces he's going over there, and then shortly thereafter, uh, uh, what you call it, from Infowars, says he's doing the same. And it's like, thanks, bro. That that put my mind at ease that you've gone over there, too. Uh, and, and last but not least on Discord. Uh, I went over there, too, man. <laughs> uh, as, I, as I jokingly mentioned, uh, there's also jokes over there. It's not just heavy stuff, folks. We've got memes. We've got funny memes. There's humor on uh, the the uh, hashtag uh, uh, Vela's page as well as as well as other folks out there. Um, I added this item in last evening uh, about Matthew Eretz's show yesterday. He said some things that really stuck with me, and I wanted to, to make a comment or two. Um, his first comment was about several well-known folks in the alternative space who've done a good job at articulating the you know, quote unquote problems we face. Um, but are short on solutions. Right. And he acknowledged, and I do as well, you know, folks like Catherine Austin Fitz and Judy Mikovits, and I'd certainly throw in Mike Moore as well, and there are others. Um, his kind of challenge, I guess, to all of us was we've got to try harder at coming up with approaches and solutions. Now, I know I've often said we've got to articulate what we're dealing with before we can tackle it. And I'm not saying necessarily we've reached that point. Although, when you look at what's available in alternative media and other channels and things, we've we've certainly got a much firmer grasp on things, I'd say, the past two to three years than we had five, eight years ago. Yeah. Um, but I'd, for, I'd be the first to acknowledge also that finding solutions is challenging as hell. So um, I know I, uh, it's like that exam you don't want to take. Um, we've got to try harder, uh, all, all of us, whatever role we all play in this in this journey we're all on. His second comment was even more important to me, which was about uh, his direction concerning inclusion. Uh, and by that, I don't mean the, the touchy-feely crowd with inclusion. I mean, all of us who left, right, center, libertarian, however you self-identify, if you self-identify at all. Um, he said it very well yesterday that, that we're all coming to this realization about the world we're in and what we face and what the challenges are and who, I don't use the word enemy, but who the adversaries really are. And he kind of, in my opinion, pointed out, we can't let there be sharp divisions amongst us. It's like we know we know there's stuff we just don't agree with each other on. I, I've made this comment on the show before. I'm a little flippant about it, but I, I do mean it. You know, I've got people with whom I'm in contact that are everything from folks running around the woods of Michigan on weekends to Bernie Sanders supporters out in San Diego. You know, my door is open. I, I think I've still got a left-wing academic in there somewhere. Um we, we know what not to talk about with each other because it's just it's just we'll, we'll take that up in committee. But when it comes to um, staying vigilant and focused, working through this journey together, um, you know, as the old saying goes, we've got to focus on the on the uniting factors about education of these topics and possible solutions. 
and the things that unite us, which is essentially opposition to what more or less boils down to fascism and totalitarianism, right. uh, which they're marketing as a global a global reset. Yeah. Um, two bits of humor. Uh, my thanks to Green Machine, who posted a response to Mac Truck Huge on Discord. I quote, uh, now I have this image of Fauci dancing to goodbye horses while stroking himself with a syringe. Uh, that's in <laughs> reference to the sounds of the lambs. Uh, and my thanks to Frank, quite frankly, for this one. Uh, and I quote, we're living in a world where rage against the machine is making you get a shot before attending one of their concerts. Think Jesus about that. Christ. What a bunch of pansies. You know, uh, uh, CJ, I don't know if you got uh, Velas' email that he sent to us with the car that had that uh, sign going across the back. Did you get that email, Siege? Let me uh, let me scroll through real quick and double check. It, it's it's hilarious, man. Let me well, know if you while, while you're looking while you're looking for that before you, you you post it. Let me let me go through the memory hole. I've I've updated the memory hole a bit. Yeah, and I'm formally calling it as the memory hole because that's what I like is. that. So we've uh, here's some Velus updates on the memory hole items that I like to raise every week. Uh, we have the national thermobaric explosion in December of 2020. Uh, I'm having to give dates now because the shit is getting so aged. Uh, or the French OVH cloud hosting firm that lost that data center in the fire in March of 2021. Uh, Julian Assange evidently is on his way to the United States or perhaps Australia. I'm going to get into that point a little later in the show, and you'll be interested about where I'm going with that. Um, Here's one that I brought out of truly out of the memory hole. Uh, I'd love to know what happened in the investigation of the murder of Judge Solace's son and the wounding of her husband. For those of you who may recall, she was the judge that was hearing the case relating to Epstein's assets in Deutsche Bank. Correct. And you had the uh, FedEx driver that showed up looking for her uh, and ended up killing her son and wounding her husband. Uh, to date, I don't know where the suspect is or what the motive in the case was. Uh, then, of course, my favorite, you know, the FBI is still not pursuing additional violations of college athletics, medical personnel, mm. uh, plural. That's not just Dr. Nasser, uh, nor what really happened in the Las Vegas shooting. Uh, but they're still very interested in how loud your voice is getting at parents' meetings. Oh, yeah. And uh, remember, and I've seen, uh, I've actually seen the interview in the European press, uh, you know, jumping into the Wayback Machine. Julian Assange was very coy about it, but but he basically did admit, I watched the interview myself several times, and I, I don't know how you could not come to this conclusion, that, that one of his big sources about what was going on in Washington, D.C. right before the 2016 election was indeed Seth Rich. Hmm. And then last but not least, and this is going to be completely coming out of left field, for those of you who have the time, go take a look and investigate the circumstances around the death of Aaron Swartz in 2013. He's the guy that invented the RSS feed, for those of you that may be aware of what that is, and a lot of other IT stuff. Very much kind of the savant thinker uh, in, in a lot of the technologies and things he came up with. He was kind of a darling of the IT world. Um, quote, unquote, killed himself. But if you start digging into Aaron Swartz, you're going to start really hitting some weird stuff with Epstein and, and other things. Um, so I'll just leave that to... So all he also, didn't didn't Schwartz also do like a huge indexing like of of like library materials or something like that? Yes, he did. It, yes, yes, he did. Uh, there's a great there's a great documentary. I can't remember what it's on, but if if you know our listeners want to check it out, probably just just you know Google his name and documentary. But it's it's definitely worth a watch. Go ahead, Velas. Yeah, the the thing you'll find, folks, about him is is you'll see you'll see this piece pop up that he had taken um, scientific journals at MIT, Massachusetts Institute. Of that um, normally you have to pay big bucks to, to get a hold of these. It's 
kind of like a, a Gartner report of the commercial world. And he was uh, drawing those those articles and things out of servers and post posting them publicly. Uh, the thing is, is that they were they wanted to hit him with like thirty years in prison, which is insane because it's like, look, just give the guy a fine. It's a community service, and don't do that again. You know, make him an example to others not to steal intellectual property. And he was a very big fan of no borders when it came to information. But where that leads is if you start digging further into the sorts of things he was supposedly gaining access to, <laughs> you see, you find yourself on a roller coaster. Uh, strap in on where that is. And before I have CJ play uh, a clip I sent him, uh, I do have a Rogue News and Velus ex exclusive for you because to the best of my knowledge, I don't know uh, that anybody out there has brought this up. Um, and I'm sure other people may say it's not all that important, but I thought it was important. So I thought it would raise up all of you. Um, remember when they passed Obamacare yeah. back in, you know, 07, 08, 09? And there was a criteria in there that everybody must now have health coverage from your employer. You have to purchase health care in these pools, you know, these state pools and things. Uh, if you're prior to 65, when you can go on Medicare. Why does that matter? Well, in my opinion, because it put in place a system who was functioning very well by the time the COOF showed up. Now, there may be exceptions, but when a person gets a shot, although there's no cost to you, and of course, that's handed because you're a taxpayer, so you're paying for it. Um, you still need to show insurance. And there's a number of providers like CVS and Walgreens have gone out to their websites where they say, uh, hey, we're going to ask you for proof of insurance before we give you the shot. But remember, it's free. Don't, don't worry about us asking you for proof of insurance. Interesting. And if you have your doctor, well, obviously that data is all on file anyway, which means they, quote unquote, they now have a perfect mechanism to track who has the shot and who not. And this is a piece of the puzzle that was not in place prior to Obamacare. And of course, as I, I think I mentioned on, on the show on the 16th of December, this is even more the case now because Congress quietly just passed an act that approved a massive project to build a national database of every American's vaccinations, <clears throat> plural, not just this one, any of the vaccinations they have. So with that, CJ, if you would, would you pull up the, the video I sent you? This is uh, circumventing bureaucracy and true international relations is what you're about to watch. It's the uh, TV show, uh, Yes Minister from the UK again. Don't let it upset you, Jim. We're used to it. It happens all the time. I told them to abstain. Well, it's well known that in the British Foreign Office, an instruction from the Prime Minister becomes a request from the Foreign Secretary, then a recommendation from the Minister of State, and finally <laughs> a suggestion to the Ambassador. <laughs> 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 yes. Well, Jim, what are you going to do about St. George's? You know about that? <laughs> Not a serious problem, is it? Isn't it? Well, your information must be better than mine. So then mine comes from the Foreign Office. <laughs> the intelligence says that East Yemen are going to invade St. George's Island within the next few days. What? So that's the connection. Well, your foreign office have agreed with East Yemen uh, that they'll make strong diplomatic representations, but do nothing. In return, the Yemenis will let you keep your airport contract after they're taken over. There'll be uproar. But that's only the start. I happen to know from our ambassador in Washington that the Americans are going to support the present government of St. George's. In the UN? No, in battle on St. George's Island. <laughs> they'll send in an airport <laughs> to be up by the 7th Fleet. 
the Americans invading a Commonwealth country. The palace will hit the roof. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't the Americans tell me? They don't trust you. Why not? <laughs> because you trust the Foreign Office. Oh, I see. <laughs> what can I do about it? Well, Jim, you have an airborne battalion on standby in Germany that is not now needed for the NATO exercise. How do you know? I know. <laughs> now, if you were to send it to St. George's Island, it would frighten off East Yemen. They'd never dare invade. Of course, it's not for the Israeli ambassador to advise the British Prime Minister. And he wouldn't take your advice anyway. <laughs> and then the Defence Secretary. I wonder the Foreign Office didn't cover themselves. Maybe they did. They gave it's buried in the bottom of a report. Oh, except this one. I wonder if this could be it. Northern Indian Ocean Situation Report. <laughs> 138 pages. It must be it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, Roddy. I want the president of St. George's Island to extend an invitation to Britain to send an airborne battalion on a goodwill visit. No, no, just a friendly gesture. Goodwill. Goodwill? Yes, at once. Yes, at once. Seem to think that 800 fully armed paratroopers was an awful lot. <laughs> a goodwill visit. <laughs> it's just an awful lot of goodwill. It's a lot of goodwill. <laughs> oh, yes, Paul, you know you have an airborne battalion on standby in Germany. Yeah. Never mind how I know. Well, since it's not being used, I want them to fly straight off to St. George's Island. Uh, sort of between Africa and India. What <laughs> will visit? They're just showing the flag. They have been invited. Yes, leave in six hours. Yes, an instant goodwill visit. Leave me out of it. A routine visit. All right. A routine surprise visit. <laughs> they were invited earlier, but the NATO exercise got in the way. Now they're not needed, they're going anyway. All right. Nobody knows it's not true. Press statements aren't delivered under oath. They'll be off at midnight. That is brilliant. Uh, there's so much in that scene because he's it's the Israeli ambassador. Is yes. informing is informing him of what's going on in his own government that he doesn't know about. And I love the part where he says, "Well, you have a military unit in Germany." He's like, "How do you know I that?" Do, that? Do. Like, I know, <laughs> I know. But yeah, the whole the uh, the uh, United States doing something against an ally um, that uh, what do you call it? Nobody else is, is aware we're doing, and the whole goodwill thing in a, in a strange and ironic twist. I mean, you know that. TV show was was the very uh, early 80s, yeah. and Yemen was fairly hot back then because, for those who may be aware, there, there used to be North and South Yemen uh, versus, the, and I use the word loosely, United Yemen today, which is basically a small moonscape after the Saudis have been using it for target practice. But right. um, the, the comment about, you know, goodwill visit or whatever, and, and when I was watching that clip again last night, my first thought was, Yes, I'm sure Vladimir Putin was thinking the same thing when he sent those Spetsnaz troops to Kazakhstan. <laughs> it's just a good will visit. It's a good will visit. <laughs> With the best professional killers I have. <laughs>
But yeah, I love I love also. I don't know that some of you may have picked that up, but he's he's essentially using British military as human shields mm-hmm. to force the United States not to not to attack. But that is that is such a classic uh, piece there. So anywho, what the a main, brilliant show! What a it, it was an excellent show. show. Just an so excellent cute. show. You don't have shows like this anymore. No, sadly. Um, but uh, so the, the topic I was going to hit today, which is why I was busily cutting and pasting things, because this topic just kept growing and growing and growing, and I, I couldn't stop putting uh, miracle Grow on it. Um, I covered on the 16th um, about, you know, the history of blackmail and the focus on Ghislaine and Julian Assange and kind of some, some uh, narratives there about what's going on behind the scenes. And again, as I often do my best to do, you know, credit where credit is due. Um, a lot of that uh, came from Patrick Ryan, uh, who's been on road previously. And uh, current events uh, kind of necessitate me going back there again. Um, you know, sexual blackmail appears to have been under a very carefully managed assault for some time. Let's think about that for a second. You cannot just take out one player and it ends. Like I said on the show last week, or I'm sorry, not last week, about the 16th of December. For instance, the Dr. Nasser topic, and I, I made the reference that I said, blackmail concerning Nasser and the U.S. Olympic gymnastics team has ended. But blackmail in general has not ended concerning the Olympics or international sports. Take out the whole thing requires a lot more effort and time. So the first point is, at a very high level, sexual blackmail with minors at one time was extensively global. And I also want to fine-tune something, and, and mea culpa on my part as well, about Epstein and his fellow travelers. The term we have to use here is not pedophiles. The term we have to use here is what's called a hebophile or a hebophile. Why does that matter? Because clinically, a hebophile is a person who desires pubescent kids between the age ranges of like 11 to 15. That's a very different situation than than a pedophile. Mm. And that term's been used, you know, the pedophile term's been used a lot, and I understand why, and there's great truth to it. It doesn't, by any means, mean that. Yeah, it's an overarching term. Right. The hebophile thing is a little different. It's a subtle difference because the, the law, and my thanks again to the uh, Lodge guy, um, the law when it comes to minor minors versus um, pubescent kids is very different about these mm. types of acts. So in current time, we now have Jeff Epstein, who's dead, Ghislaine Maxwell, whose trial has gone through. And we're going to get into the whole mistrial topic here in a moment. Um, we have Jean-Luc Brunel, who's cooling his heels in uh, France. Peter Nygaard, who's cooling his heels up in Canada, Claire Bronfman of the Nexium cult, right. and a couple of others who've been taken out of this game, if you will. Plus, we've also had institutions like Penn State University uh, involved in widespread trafficking and not as reported in the media as an isolated coach with a mental problem. And then we have some deep structural problems with the CIA and the FBI and other federal agencies that I brought up uh, during the last show, and we covered those on the 16th. Um, I did have a soundbite for this show that I posted over on Discord. Um, amusingly, Jen Psaki, before she became the, uh, the press secretary for the White House currently and, and uh, prior to her uh, doing a bit of work for an Israeli intelligence firm, and that's no joke, go look on Discord, I, I whispered what that was. Um, she actually was the spokesperson for the State Department back in 2013. Mm-hmm which is when the State Department was under investigation for uh, kids getting trafficked in other countries. We had a U.S. ambassador that was accused of trafficking children. 
And that's when Hillary Clinton wanted all of that shut down immediately. And Jen Psaki was the press secretary. Yeah. I find interesting. So after decades of all of this crap going on, the powers that be decided to arrest Epstein and others for reasons who are not entirely clear. But around the time Epstein was cooling his heels in prison um, before he quote unquote killed himself, um, we saw Nygaard and um, what do you call it, the other and uh, uh, Brunel yeah. uh, suddenly get arrested. And like I said, all of this suddenly stops. And we also have a very important distinction about uh, Gisling returning to the United States, which you'll find interesting. I'll cover that in a moment. Now, I know there's been criticism, and I know there's folks out there who've, who've said, uh, what do you call it? Well, my, myself included, uh, there were other charges that Ghislaine should have been up on, including, you know, my personal favorite, child rape, um, which didn't happen. And they didn't call um, the young lady from Australia. Uh, they didn't, they didn't uh, pull her into that case or several other very credible women who were harmed by this. But right, right. We, we do have a conviction and we do have a thread that you can pull on that start causes other things to fall apart. Now, this is where, again, I'm going to quote Patrick Ryan directly because his, his point is very well taken. Quote, do you not understand what is involved in bringing down a global blackmail infrastructure? This is a slow process, unquote. Now, that was in response to someone who was asking Patrick about, well, why, 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 why? And I get the why, because we're frustrated. And it's like, this is horrific shit. Why is this not being done? Right. And, and Ryan's comment is, you know, please, please see the interviews I've done on all these other shows where he's got PowerPoints and he goes into incredible depth about the history of blackmail. I, I can't do it justice. I, I tip my hat to man. So why the prosecutions now? You know, somewhere, someone's, and I'm being plural on purpose, want to shut this down. And in a word, something has changed. I have no doubts on the following. The level of coordination, at least in my opinion, to bring all of these players down globally for what really, if you do, you're digging. I mean, this has been going on for 20 years. They've been trying to bring this network down. And I, I mean that. The level of effort involved here is stunning. Absolutely stunning. And it's multi-year. It's global. Multifaceted. And the minute I start hearing that, it's like, well, <laughs> there's only a handful of players in the world that operate that way, besides think tanks and Israeli intelligence. I mean, this is supercomputer level of complexity of bringing this down. And you can read into that statement what you want. But the questions that have to be asked are why now? What are their goals or goal? And what's next? Now, second part of this. As far as the goal, I'm going to offer you a rather weird thought piece, but just bear with me. Now, in the world of rumors and related, there's a narrative who says that back in the 1990s, you know, patriotic Americans in government were building a federal case against the Clintons. Now, of course, if you say the Clintons, we're really talking about 10 other major groups. But suffice to say, they were going after them. Yeah. The narrative of the story says that these investigations that were being conducted behind the scenes, um, all the evidence was being centrally located in a safe federal building, which was well outside Washington, D.C., well, that building was the Murrow building in Oklahoma City. It was destroyed. Ah, uh, yes. But, but wait, <clears throat> there's more. Now, here's the mind scrambler. And this is this is that layered thing I've talked to all of you about, and like in dealing with, um, and I use it as a, as a reference point only. You know, the the uh, Scottish rite of the Masonic Order with the thirty three degrees that that you go through a couple layers of the organization and you're told things and you're like, wow, my mind is really blown. And then you get to another level and it's like, whoa, that's even bigger. And it's my other often repeated phrase about the Saturday Night Live narrative with the angel 
and the guy who just died. You know, what's the most incredible thing there is? I can't tell you. You'd wink out of existence. It's too much. Okay, what's the thousandth most incredible thing there is? Well, professional wrestling is real. It's like, wow, <laughs> well, well, wait, wait until I get you to item number 900 and 800 and 700, because if you thought that was amazing, you know, just wait. So when it comes to this, this top, this topic, the other perspective or quote unquote actual truth on that storyline is this. The first story was a cover. What really happened was even if federal agents were lured into thinking such a case would go forward, it did centrally locate all of the known dirt on the Clintons in a single site. And following 1995, that evidence was gone. And the blackmail ease were free to operate without interference, at least on whatever blackmail was there. Now, again, it's just a rumor. It's a narrative about a possible explanation beyond the public story, for the most part, because there were investigations into the Clintons. Now, how extensive, how far, how much data did they have? You know, you'd have to get some people under, under oath and, and get to the bottom of that. But there was evidence by investigators that was in that building. We do know that. But remember, the narrative is conjecture. It was just a frustrated Iraqi war veteran who attacked the building. Now, my point is, destroyed blackmail is not blackmail because it doesn't exist. Black And blackmail ages. Without new blackmail, the pressure on those effective becomes less. Parties can act more freely when the dirt on them no longer exists. Mm. So shutting down blackmail networks based on, shall we say, sexual impropriety frees up those who are being blackmailed. It has nothing to do with looking out for the well-being of children. Now... Some other final bullets here, and, and many of these are heavily on, on thanks to Patrick. And a, and a personal comment for me on this, on this first bullet point. Um, the last 72 hours have been so fluid, even I'm having a hard time sifting through all of this. So um, I'm going to need more time and probably will return to this topic next week, especially on the topic of, of the mistrial, because there's so many threads that are possible with that. I'm just not. Go well, there well let me ask you this: Like, who's sure. going after? Like, th this is clearly a, a, a well-organized, concerted effort, and these people are being taken down. And at the same time, you have people like Epstein. He goes dead. Gislaine, the whole case was covered up, and she's going to be in jail. What is exactly going on? Is there some sort of a background takedown that is happening? Are we witnessing, is there an actual war between some of these globalists versus these uh, patriotic nationals, nationalists? Or like, what is your take on this? What do you think? My thought, and especially from, again, I hate to go there, but I'm just trying to establish credibility, folks, from working with think tanks. Um, quite frankly, even when it comes to uh, corporate wars, as I often call them, in the boardroom, you know, I mean, I, I was there at, at GE again. I wasn't walking around the, the corporate headquarters with Jack Welch, but I was working for a division that was responsible for offshoring over 40,000 employees to jobs in other countries and eliminating American jobs, which I'm not proud of doing. And it wasn't my decision. My job was just to manage that. But the stories I heard from our internal sales reps and executives and others, because when you're laying off that many people, you have to file Warren Acts with the state of New Jersey and New York, among others. I mean, this stuff gets pretty serious. And yes. as I mentioned on another show, you know, we had actuarial tables that told us, I'm not kidding when I say this, most major corporations have this kind of data. We knew how many suicides, divorces would come out of layoffs that are that, that deep. So 
There are think tanks and others who advise corporations that when these types of battles break out in inside large commercial enterprises, or for that matter, private equity, things get about as serious as they do with the topic we're talking about. Yeah. We're talking about big money. We're talking about control. We're talking about egos of really powerful people that want their way. Um, you know, it's like the conversation I had with some folks at a major manufacturer that was going through a merger. And, you know, I've mentioned this before. I heard one of the executives got $30 million to, you know, pat on the, on the head and thanks so much for your many years of service. But, but after the merger, we don't have a spot for you anymore. And I said, wow, 30 million, I could go back to my part of the country and live pretty well on that. And one of my colleagues just kind of laughed and said, um, yeah, but that's not what they're in it for. <clears throat> you know, for us, $30 million is a lot of money for them. It's like, yeah, but was that the most anyone out there ever got, mm. you know, what am I going to do with the money? You know, for them, it's all about, I mean, it's like Bezos and what you call it with, hey, I got into space first. Yeah, well, I got higher. I mean, it's like, God almighty, you all need a hobby. So on this thing about the blackmail, to remove this entire structure, which let's be candid, there is no way any of the major intelligence agencies on this planet were not aware this is going on if they weren't involved in it directly. So to take this down is a very destabilizing act which means they're either causing by design a certain level of destabilization or they're trying to free up certain resources that, that are too, too blocked right now on the chessboard and can't move. Mm. Now, past that, I leave it to people smarter than me to get into those details. I've certainly got some theories of my own. I don't want to get, as a good friend of mine, I don't want to get too far ahead of my skis. But I've got, let me go through some of the other points here and then we can, we can revisit this. Mm. Patrick Ryan's comment uh, last week was, as he said, you, you've got to watch carefully what's going on in France, Jean-Luc Brunel, and Canada with Peter Nygaard. Those cases are still forthcoming. My own two cents is, and I'm not implying anything, but I wouldn't be surprised if something happens to Claire Bronk. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's because of who her family is. Right. Now, the other thing is, and this is funny, uh, to quote Jack Nicholson, uh, that's funny. Um, his other comment was, what actions are the British royal family going to take over the next few months? Well, that's funny, because as you boys were mentioning on Rogue the other day, the Queen just knighted <clears throat> Tony Blair. <clears throat> yeah. And we're going to get into Tony Blair in just a moment. But the royal family is not going to be transparent about what they're doing to try and bolster the situation. We're going to have to read the tea leaves. So the other question that was asked, which is good, is can Andrew, Prince Andrew, Yet the Virginia Guth Guthrie case, that's what I was thinking of earlier, moved to Australia. Now, Australia is a British Commonwealth country, meaning the Crown has more influence there because the Queen is head of state. Now, yes, legally, the Governor General of Australia actually is head of state, but he speaks for the Queen and really doesn't know. So it's, it's the Queen. Hmm. By the way, though, the CJ, you boys may know this. Some of our, our wonderful audience members may know this. Do you know who also is an Australian citizen? Um, Mel Gibson. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> Julian Assange. Oh, yeah, 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 that I know. Yeah, Julian Assange yeah. is an Australian citizen. So it's, it's pieces on a chessboard, folks, because Assange has a lot of stolen blackmail, including things about Epstein's operations. So if he's coming to the United States, that means we may use him as blackmail with the Australians and the British or vice versa. Who knows? Now, here's an interesting one. Jeff Epstein had in his black book a lot of contact information for a gentleman named Peter Mandelson. Now, who's Peter Mandelson? Well, he's the former speechwriter, among other things, for Prime Minister Tony Blair. Right. Who was just knighted by the Queen. <clears throat> right. Isn't that interesting? 
speaking of what the Crown might do. Now, when Epstein was in prison, and this is this is British press articles, by the way. This is this is way public domain. This isn't you know something on the back end of Infowars. Mandelson went to the prison where Epstein was being held to ask for a favor, and no one knows what he asked. I mean, it's like it's out there that he went there for some reason to ask Epstein for some kind of favor. Nobody knows what that was. Now, let me repeat: the guy physically went to the he's a British citizen. He came to the United States to go to the prison and meet Epstein face to face. Most probably, and yes, uh, Balazs guy, I'm looking in your general direction, most probably with an attorney present so that it counted as attorney-client privilege and it wasn't recorded. But wait, there's more. Mandelson is a close associate of a man named Keir Starmer, first name K-E-I-R, last name S-T-A-R-M-E-R, who knew Epstein when they were both in the Trilateral Commission. Now, who is Keir besides Trilateral Commission member? Well, hell, he's the current Labor Party leader in the United Kingdom. And his family has extensive ties back to British intelligence. But he also told Prince Andrew out loud in the British press a while back, and I quote, it would be best if he just cooperated with the American FBI, unquote. Now, again, who has a ton of detail on both of those men and non-public information on the Trilateral Commission? Well, that would be Julian Assange, of course. You cannot make this shit up. Now, here's another data point. The Five Eyes Agreement between New Zealand, Australia, the United States, Britain, and so on, to share intelligence information. Under that agreement, Britain can legally spy on Americans. Correct. Now, technically, U.S. intelligence cannot spy on our own citizens. GCQ. And, yeah, I'm being a bit snarky when I say this, but but they can. we can ask the British to spy on our citizens for us and then tell us what they found. Correct. The point, though, being... Which is about that Trump. Yeah, among other things, yes. And but the thing is, is this would enable them to to get intelligence on who's on that jury, like Gislin's jury, right? So now we're on the juries and the mistrials topic. Now this one's off the rails. Juror number fifty is an executive assistant for the Carlisle Group. Now I've mentioned Carlisle before, and I actually worked for a defense contractor that the Carlisle Group owned. My particular unit inside my firm. We were 30% of overall revenue. So you better believe Carlisle people were calling me and my colleagues frequently about the numbers because they wanted to know his private equity. They want to know where their money is. Well, the co-founder of the Carlisle Group was a man named David Rubenstein. His wife was once pressured into contributing 200 grand to Ghislaine Maxwell's charity called Terramar. So stay tuned on that one. And I'd also point out that juror is not the juror that's at the center of this whole mistrial thing. But it also begs the question, boy, did did somebody hack a computer system or something to get these certain jurors uh, into um, that, that trial precisely for this reason? Now, Patrick also offers, and I'm quoting directly, offered a very important comment this week. And he said, which... I admit I completely forgot about this. Ghislaine Maxwell has a French passport, and France does not extradite people. That's why Roman Polanski never got extradited back to the United States. Correct. She could have stayed in France, but she didn't. His question is, why didn't she? Is she why putting she, the Yeah, why, why did she why did she come back to New York and hanging out at a at a cabin? It doesn't make any sense. Well, and his comment was, is she putting the crown in check on purpose? Is she cashing out or asset swapping for blackmail? You know, what, what could have pressured that? Now, the problem with Patrick Ryan is, is he's, 
<laughs> He's like the the uh, philosophy professor that keeps hitting you in the head with really esoteric thoughts and won't won't give you the answer because it's you know it's like the Jewish rabbi thing. Well, what does the Talmud mean mean to you? Um, I've even sent Patrick some notes saying, "Hey, bro, I'm begging you on on this item and this item. Could you give me just a little a little bit more?" Because he he's really been diving into this thing about there's a critical date that we've either reached or will reach soon, where certain blackmail expires. And and again, it's the information technology history I've had working professionally. The only thing I can imagine is is that that would mean certain files are date stamped in such a way that they can no longer be access past a certain point. I don't know. I'm trying to, to get what he thinks that is. Yeah. Um, and last but not least, there's a, there's a legacy view of, of Patrick's that relates to all of this. Cause I know a lot of people are like, okay, well, bo bo boil this down for me. I mean, what's, what's the one thing. And that's like, well, unfortunately it's never the one thing, but there is a clue. He's talked for some time about his whole thing about, um, commoditization. I got into that on a, on a prior show. I've done some of my own work in that, in that category. And I, I talked before about, you know, an industry and especially when I was in my days with GE in particular, that GE always had this thing about, okay, we're new in this market segment and uh, it's starting to mature and companies are starting to merge and we've still got good, good margins, but it's like the minute anything gets commoditized, you know, your, whatever your product is or your services, if it's, if it, if it can be uh, priced in weight, uh, we need to get the heck out of that market because we don't we don't want to be there. And the, the same ironically applies to uh, to blackmail and to politicians. But Patrick has talked about the value of human beings having plummeted. And the world's elites basically view us. I'm, I'm also looking in Matthew Arad's direction. The world's elites have viewed uh, are viewing us more and more now and all of us who aren't one of them as as commodities. So in a model of control or in a model of maintaining global stability, it comes down to you've either got to control the elites and both pe people that the public think are running things and the people who probably really are, or you've got to control the world's population on the whole to keep the world in balance. But we've seen the progression well beyond the beginning of the breakdown in the blackmail system. I mean, we're, we're well past the beginning of that. That thing's trucking right along. Right as well as the people who were running those systems. And as distasteful as it was, and it was, it did sustain a risk management level of control globally, if you will. That would not be breaking down unless A, there's a new model to keep global elites under control by something other than blackmail or, or a different kind of uh, forms of blackmail, or B, and this is the big one, there now is a means to provide global control of everyone possible. On that latter point, I'm not going to go any further than this. I've mentioned it on other shows. I would suggest you all, if you have an interest in that, go perform your own research on what's known as black dust that was developed by Microsoft when Bill Gates was was still there and what, what that technology can do. Um, it's a RFID, isn't it? A form thereof. Mm -hmm. It's It's got a lot of aspects to it and what it can do. And, and again, I... The challenge with that topic and others is, is you, you dangerously start getting into almost, um, I don't mean this in a derogatory way, you almost start getting into like, that's that's a heartbeat away from UFOs. It's like, well, that doesn't mean UFOs exist, but but you know we've got we to gotta pull that problem apart and look at it in different ways. But the black dust topic definitely speaks to, and that's, that's where, you know, Patrick has made this comment before that when it comes to um, 
deep fakes and artificial intelligence that like as scary as what we're dealing with right now is um, what's coming is, is even heavier. Mm. Um, so we've just, we've got to sit tight for that, but yeah, I, I gotta tell you when I, when I was reading a number of people's, you know, comments out there about the trial and I was re -re reviewing some of the books I have about Epstein's cases and him personally and so on. Um, it's funny because, you know, as the case ran its course and there's a number of people who've made this comment that, uh, um, whatever the deal is probably was worked out with Ghislaine before that trial ever started. It yeah. kind of goes to the whole thing about, you know, she had, a, she could have stayed safely. I mean, of all the countries that you can hang out safely, France ain't bad. Um, especially South of France. Oh, yeah. you'll, be, you'll be, you'll be fine. It's better than Albania and Albania ain't bad either, but it's not like you're, you're stuck in a Bolivian embassy somewhere. Um, <laughs> but um, the move and counter move of what's going on here, because it's like, well, okay, it wasn't the, the conviction we wanted, but okay, great. Now now we've got a court case, and she's been found guilty, and we can use this data in other cases, and uh, Miss Guthrie is bringing her case against Prince Andrew and this, that, and the other, and it's like, but as has often been said by, by V, this is three-dimensional chess. These people don't just see a single event take place and go, well, okay, I guess we've lost the game. It's like everyone is moving, counter-moving five steps ahead of each other, you know, you don't know the players without a program kind of situation. It's, it's, it's like a Game of Thrones, the most absolute criminals. Uh, criminals who are heading up countries that are broke and solvent and swirling the toilet bowl of Build Back Better. It's incredible to see this. And they're all jockeying for position. They they want to control the narrative. That's what I see this. Everybody, It's knives out, man. It's knives it, it, out. And it, they it, want to control is. the narrative on this. Because the other the other question that has to be asked for all of us is, let's let's step way back. Is Prince Andrew important enough? I mean, I don't think there's anybody in the United Kingdom, and this isn't Scottish snark speaking either. But I don't think there's anybody in the United Kingdom that ever thought for one minute Andrew should ever be sitting on the throne. Oh yeah, we, we've already decided, Chuck. We're really sorry. We've got some lovely parting gifts for you, but your son's going to have to take over. We just we you're, there's too much baggage with you, Chuck. Yeah. But the other thing, too, is you're thinking like the Queen, and if we're talking about the Queen, we're, we're talking about the London Corporation, at least a large part. Um, right. She's running out of time. I don't mean that in an unkind way, but she's running out of time. And she, like any person of a multi, multi, multi-generational dynasty, is trying to look at the universe from the perspective of how do we sustain the royal family? And the only chance she's got is she's got to get William on the throne. Yes, but correct. He, Andrew, William he, is the chosen one. He is, and he's got better PR, and he hasn't lost his mind like his brother with with a washed up American actress who's got uh, <laughs> thoughts of godhood in her own mind. I'm going to be the queen. That's a real neat uh, psychosis you've got there, dear. And because you're already in California, we've got some lovely medications for you. Um, but in the end, it isn't really about Andrew. Someone, someone, in my opinion, is trying to completely take out the British royal family. Something that will hit them so hard that yes. potentially they may have to step down. Or, it, 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 or is this is this the revenge of the czars, my friend? Oh, <laughs> ah, shall we even know, go there? Maybe we save that for another day. <laughs> you know, all I'm going to say, and again, I'm I'm speaking without authority to do so on behalf of the white Russian community here in the United States. The other half of my background. Um, 
I, I, yeah, there's some angst we've got with the British royal family, but but on behalf of the white Russian community, we've got a lot more angst with um, Eisenhower and what he did after World War II, uh, and uh, certain powerful American families whose uh, grandchildren at this point are very much in alignment with what their grandparents uh, did to us, uh, as well as certain parties in Britain, and again, uh, not just the Lemon Corporation, but but a number of British think tanks who in the 1880s uh, you know, 1850s, 1860s, we're already putting together the data on, yeah, we got to take Germany out because they're the, the greatest threat to us, but we've also got to make sure we take out Imperial Russia because the fear was is if Imperial Russia gets a good head of steam going between population and a lot of the industries and so on that were really developing in Russia at that time, that, that Britain didn't stand a chance. Now, from a chessboard perspective, I totally get it. From an ethnic perspective, you know, yeah, it's been 103 years, but we're still pretty effing pissed off about that. So, oh God, yeah. The degree to which the royal family had a hand in that, I'll I'll leave that kind of where it is. However, the London Corporation. If this hurts the London Corporation, I assure you there will be there will be shots of vodka clinking all across Canada and the United States if that were to happen. <laughs> uh, we may have to go to church and celebrate Christmas again. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, the the bigger game here, folks, is 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 and I'm asking this uh, not rhetorically, but I'm asking this without necessarily having the full facts. Um, if you take out Andrew, you take out the royal family. If you take out the royal family, are you hurting the London Corporation enough, or are you actually somehow removing the London Corporation? If you remove the London Corporation, well, then you've basically dropped Britain. So then we're back to square one. That's a pretty massive operation. And again, I go back to. Patrick's work because it's solid. You know, he does this thing about in the past, if you went after somebody with a couple of million dollars, you 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 had to be pretty careful about what you're doing. But then he does this thing about if you go after billionaires and you miss, you know, and I'm quoting directly, his comment was these people will race you down to your last genome. So you can't ever screw up if you're going after a billionaire. Right. And then he used the phrase trillionaire, which is not literal necessarily, but he's talking about people of like Kissinger level power. And his comment was, anytime in history, somebody takes out what we're loosely calling a trillionaire, there's going to be a world war. Yeah. So the, the important takeaway. For that, that means that, your, your old uh, dyn- dynastic families. Right. Ah, it, hell, I mean, look it, at the House of Saud. There's 60 trillion net worth, the House of Saud. Well, and it, it goes back to the Ottoman Empire. It goes back to to uh, some of the families in Italy. It goes back to a whole host of other examples we could cite. Patrick's comments, again, are well taken, not just because he's saying it, but because of, based on my own background, my own study, and my own research, is it makes what he's talking about makes perfect sense. Now, again, we're back to what I mentioned a moment ago. His comment, though, was due to the eroding and inflationary um, effects caused by technology. You know, even Patrick's been stunned by uh, people who are getting attacked, like what happened with with MBS and the Saudis a couple of years ago, as well as some other things, or, or hell for that matter. I mean, look at Erdogan's situation in Turkey right now. I mean, you can not necessarily set your watch, but there's a countdown timer running on how long he's going to be in power. Um, you know, his comment was billionaires can now be threatened. Trillionaires can now be threatened, and he's like the destabilizing nature of that is is biblical, and I, I don't mean that in an inflated sense. I mean that literally. This is Old Testament reality we're dealing with here. That that 
if we're now in a world where the game has been so juggled up, then it could be, dare I say, the takedown of these blackmail networks mm. is just the one piece we see. There may be, you know, and I know a lot of us might say, well, you know, there's the new financial model. Yes, I couldn't agree more. And, and if Catherine Austin Fitz is correct, we're going all digital, folks, not analog. Um, that's a joke, but I'm serious. But it's like there there could be even bigger shit at, at, at play here. Like, you know, those of us who self-research these things, it's like, okay, well, we have a massive effort to basically possibly in its ultimate format take out Britain as a country and as a player and the people who run Britain in the European context, et cetera, et cetera, right. begging the question, who and who, be, you know, it's, it's the JFK movie. Who benefits? <laughs> All the money. It's um, incredible. But, you know, and I know there's people out there that could possibly say, well, I bet Germany's doing it. Nah. For payback. I know there's people who will say, well, I think it's Russia. It's like Putin, Putin's got enough things he's dealing with right now. I don't know that it's them. And quite frankly, let's be it could be It could be the bloody French. It could it be could. the French. It could be some family in Switzerland who suddenly decided they want to they wanna play in the big game. Who knows? It could the, be. The, or or, or it could be the, one of the Danes. The, the question I have to ask is, is okay, the blackmail networks are breaking down. We have a new global financial model coming. Again, it's the magic trick. I'm not saying that those things aren't important. They're, they're probably the most, some of the most important things we've seen in our lifetimes. However, because of the think tanks they used to hang out with who were very good at, at laying out a model and everyone in the room talks about it and says, okay, so I think this is everything that's going on. And somebody flips open over a card and says, but were you thinking about this? And all of us in the room are like, God, damn, I can't believe I didn't think of that. Um, it's the same thing here. Are there some other things going on out there that we're not even noticing that are, are equally important to to these types of things? Hard to say. Yeah. Hard to say. But that's that's what I had for all of you and, and tragically. Or they're they're literally cleaning the decks, man. They this, are. Th this is how you know the system is breaking down. There's a new system coming about, and they're jockeying for position in terms of who is going to be on the table when this new system erupts. And the West, and this is, uh, it's knives out. It's knives out amongst these Western dynasties, these Western uh, oligarchs, the Western banking powers, the Western corporate powers, the Western billionaires, Western royal families. Knives are out. This is, a, I think it's a clear indication that the system we're in is near the end. It is. Um as the old saying goes, what's coming. Um, the other the other comment I would leave you all with, which is in my mind important, is let us turn, open your Bibles and, and open to uh, the teachings of Sun Tzu, the, the Chinese tactician. Um, as I watch these events unfold, and it's certainly been drilled into my brain again by people far smarter than me, um, one of Sun Tzu's tactics for years was to draw out the adversary. You know, and you have to remember, if you've really read, and I hate to be that guy, if you've really read Sun Tzu's works, if you've read the people who've analyzed it, if you've read the people who, who explain, you know, that era in Chinese history, the list goes on. Um, Sun Tzu's tactics for war. Oh, you got to read the, you got to read the art of war. You got to read the art of war. It's like, it's like the Bible. Did you understand what you were reading? Uh, what I mean by that is Sun Tzu's comment was, is that if you quote unquote, find yourself in a war, then you failed right. unless unless the war was something you managed on purpose. That's true statecraft. And so where I'm going with this is he has another big precept in his, in his thinking and in his 
his uh, uh, not quatrains. I'm trying to think of what they used to call those chapters in his. He had these reads where he'd write this stuff down. Um, was many times, especially in, in geopolitics uh, and and geoeconomics, you will see events and they look clearly like they're going in a particular direction. And all of it is a distraction, even to the elites, um, even to the elites who think they're running it. And where, again, where I'm going with this is he has a lot of commentary about um, you draw out the enemy. Now, this is, I've often said, this is this is a game that we're just we're just we're just observers. We're in the stands, folks. I don't. I mean, and I know there may be some. I've known some people who've said, "Well, I, I want to be dealt in on that game," and it's like, eh, "No, you don't. No, no, uh, no, just stay where you are. The stakes on that game are bigger than anything you want to deal with." But where I'm going with is, I often am amused at times by the absolute stupidity, and we've talked about it here on Rogue News about the World Economic Forum and some of these other bodies and the absolute <laughs> lunacy of the statements these people make. <laughs> idiots! They're and totally hear, idiots. You'll hear people say, well, there's no way these morons could be running this because look at how stupid they are. And it's right. like, right, I couldn't agree more, which means there's probably another group or groups of elites who are drawing them out. Yeah. Because I, I see often on Discord and, and both Frank, uh, Frank and quite frankly's uh, program and, and others where people will often say, well, we need a new Nuremberg. And it's like, well... It's kind of like the people that were frustrated about Gisling's verdict. You may not get the whole package you wanted, but at least you got something. Um, you know, Fauci may have a car accident. I don't, I don't know about the rest of the leadership over at Pfizer. But the point is, a lot of what's going on may be part of a much bigger game to take out certain players. It could be to take out certain international bodies like the World Economic Forum. It could be to take out uh, think tanks, but who've also got their hands in things whether it's the Trilateral Commission, whether it's the Grove up there in Northern California that Bechtel hosts, um, whether it is the British royal family, whether it's others, it's it's hard to say. But again, that's why we're here at Rogue and we're trying to read these tea leaves as best as we can. But I still get the feeling somebody else, I can just feel it in my bones, somebody else or somebody's else are roaming around there in the, in the even darker shadows trying to set up some of these people. Now, again, I don't mean... There, it's all over. We don't have to get the shots. We're fine. No, these people all are very similar in their mindset. They always have been. But the yeah. bigger question is, will we see some major players fall very soon? Yeah, it's it's an all-out fight for domination amongst these uh, these uh, individuals and these groups, without a doubt, man. Unreal. Vela's great stuff, brother, as always. Thank you both. And folks, if you want to catch him, you know, go over to uh, actually email CJ uh, CJ at uh, roguenews.com and uh, CJ will send you the link. And this way you could join the Discord. Velas has a chock full of information too that he disperses there. And folks, we'll be back next week. Make sure you subscribe, like, comment, share. V for Velas. Velas is with us. And with that being said, CJ, take it away. And folks, keep it locked here. We got Harley Schlanger next. Take it away, CJ.